Here we oh. go again. Yeah. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to episode 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. of the Neon Belly Podcast. Uh huh. We are your host, Nate, Johnny 100, Brandon. Johnny, I like it. <laughs> Boys, today we have our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Vegas 62, headlined by Alexa Grasso versus Viviani. John, what's her last name? Trujillo. Brandon, what's her last name? I don't know. Viviani Araujo. And then with no fights to recap this week, I'm going to give these guys a couple buy or sell questions with some of the biggest headlines in the sport right now so we can see where they stand. What they like, what they don't like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then we have one of Brandon's world famous facts don't care about your feelings Mm -hmm, and honor mm -hmm. of episode 100. Couldn't do 100 without one. Yeah, that's true. Finally, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA. But first, boys, the century mark. How are we doing? How are we doing? Does it feel like episode 100 to you guys? Kind of feels like 300 if I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It feels like the 100th time of doing 100 for sure. Yeah. I just noticed the ring you're wearing. Oh, this? <laughs> Did you really put that thing on? Oh, this World Series ring right here? <laughs> oh, my I don't even gosh. know what that is, what team brave, that baby. is. Oh, my god! Is that for episode 100? Is that yeah. why you're wearing that? <laughs> they won the Super Bowl, or they won the World Series last year. Look at that. It opens up, shows the stadium. Oh, I love that you chose to wear that. That's interesting. Uh, go ahead and show that thing off. Look at that, baby. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, we went to uh, me and John went to a card show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Big card show, and he he disappeared for about fifteen minutes and came back and had two replica championship rings <laughs> that he had purchased. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. so, what was the other one? Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, yeah. Was, it Notre, was it a national championship ring? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had Lou Holtz on the side. You should have wore both. I mean, honestly, yeah, one should have on been your on chain. your pinky. Honestly. Well, the thing was, is this was a topic for how I'm doing because of my Atlanta trip. Oh, it looks like you got on a championship ring. Yeah, and I got the championship shirt. Mm-hmm. And this hat has the championship on the side. How'd the Colts do Thursday? They won. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really feel like that was a win? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I take everything. All right. At this point. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, on our way back yesterday, me and John were talking about this episode, and we're like, you know, we just were kind of like, the thing is, you know, when I say episode 300, it feels like- 100. 100. (laughs) No, when I say it feels like episode 300, because I was like, you know, the more I got to thinking about it, it's like, I really didn't want to do anything like over the top crazy, because it's like- it's, it's 100, but I want hundreds more. You know, it's a good personal thing that we celebrate mm-hmm. internally. And like I was telling him, the biggest thing is like people don't realize sometimes is we've done this like 90 some weeks in a row now because we're at 100, but there's been some mat talks. So yeah. like, it's not been 100 weeks straight, but somewhere mm-hmm. between 90, 95 weeks straight. And like even through holidays, like bigger podcasts take holidays off. Yeah, I hope we get to that. I'm jealous. Like, I'm not yeah. saying like we're gonna be here forever. Like, I hope we get to a point where we can afford to miss a week. <laughs> We've made it through holidays, absences, oh, equipment, zooms, technical. Di- I mean, it's I, I it, like going back to the week that the mixer went out and we had to do those like three or four over Zoom. Like that was insane just to get an episode out. Yeah. So it's like I'm surprised you made it through that day. Yeah, dude. Like the work. It was in the dark, dark times. Yeah. It was During tough. Kick gate. But yeah, even that, like shout out once again, you know, looking back, Cam Van Camp coming through, doing mm-hmm. a doing an interview twice. Um, just to talk about his UFC debut. Went through your injury, having to do it. In yeah, the having room. to do yeah. it in my couch. I mean, there the, the, like I said, the fact that we have never missed a week of this podcast, 
um, is it's on all of us. Yeah, for sure. Pat yourself on, on the back. back yeah, man. definitely. I mean, it's and it's not. It's all three of us because I've missed. We've all missed weeks, mm-hmm. and then the other ones have picked it up. So uh, definitely want to celebrate that, but right. also. Like, it's just been incredibly hard work. And I think if anybody out there listening has ever started a podcast, they know how hard it is to keep this going. <laughs> and shout out to the people here for episode one, because if you listen to like one through five, it's definitely not what you're hearing now. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> Dude, yeah. It's a way more polished uh, I did, product. Than... I did go back and listen to one recently. Ugh. I mean, remember like the I first don't... two episodes, you couldn't even hear Brandon. I don't even... He had a microphone, but just refused <laughs> to talk into <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely uh, celebrating it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's definitely a big achievement and milestone that should not be understated. But. Business as usual, boys. Back at it. We're back at it. Um, and there'll be bigger things to come. Like, we definitely don't want to understate that. I mean, mm. we're, we've even talked about some things that we're going to change moving forward. You yeah. might see some changes as soon as episode 102. Sounds right. like John's got something cooking. Yeah, eventually Brandon's going to be shirtless. We're thinking like 200. <laughs> we'll get there. Range. I got some spray can stuff I bought just for the occasion. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, boys, before we do jump into it, Quick announcement, next week, we are going to have a special guest, the one Uh and only Uh Sean Fallon is going to be joining us to announce his Bellator debut. Mm -hmm. Um, He officially announced on his uh, social media, you can look that up on his Instagram, at Sean Connor Fallon, his opponent, he has a date and everything, so go check that out. We won't announce it. If you want to see it before next week, go look it up. Go follow him. That's what I say. Might as well. Do your work. Um can't so, do it all for you. Yeah, and we just really, really excited to talk to him about mm-hmm. that debut work. I mean, just since we've had the, the honor of, you know, you can go back and listen to a Matt talk that we did with him and to hear what he was saying back then, and then now it's all kind of come into fruition for him. Yeah, and we've been on that hill of, why not Sean Fallon? Sure. One of these bigger promotions. Absolutely. And it's finally came to be. So it's, He's got a big opponent on a probably the biggest Bellator card of this year so mm-hmm. far. So um, he's going to make it happen, man. We're excited. We're excited to talk to him about it. So come back next week. Not sure if we're going to attach it to this episode, like our weekly episode, or maybe do a standalone midweek. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You guys Figure tell it us. Out. Yeah, you guys tell us. We also did something different this week by putting out the Heisem Rita Mm-hmm. episode or interview excuse me in its entirety on our youtube that's just neon belly podcast so you can go watch that in its entirety same thing i mean we've had people in the past say like hey you guys you know they prefer video over audio mm-hmm. um and then it's always been like yeah we kind of don't want to just you know do it for a couple but people but at the end of the day if there is enough people out there that do prefer to consume this podcast through video, mm-hmm. let us know. And yeah. maybe we can, start, I mean, we record every single one of these episodes, right? right? And then we use them for clips, the video for clips through the week. But if people would like to see this podcast um, in its entirety in video, we can post that. Yeah, you Just let us know. You might not even see this ring I'm wearing right now if you don't do that. So <laughs> I can promise at some point this week that <laughs> ring is going to make it into something. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so go check out our YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys drop a subscribe there. And then for the rest, John, how can anybody listening right now help us out with this podcast for the next 100 episodes for free? Listen, for anybody who's done this before the 100, thank you. But anybody who hasn't done it after the 100, you're late. But I'm going to be okay about that. Yeah. We need you to get on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Give us a review in general. We like to read those. If you're on Spotify, you can give us five stars as well. That helps us out. If you're on Instagram, 
we are Neon Belly Podcast. If you're on TikTok, we are Neon Belly Podcast. And if you're on Twitter, we're sorry. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you go to all of our social media and then you just go to our Twitter and it's wow, wow, wow. Like, it's, it's like, like two things. It's like something from like seven pay per views ago that I tweeted. Yeah, we should just get on there and just put a picture of a tumbleweed. Like, yeah. just pin it to the top of our Twitter. <laughs> Maybe we should start putting <laughs> selfies on there. That's it. <laughs> one day. One We're still day. alive. We promise. If this is the only place you follow us, one day. Well, boys, the first thing, since, like I said, no fights to preview or uh, recap, excuse me, this week. So I thought we would hit um, a little buy-sell. I'm going to, like I said, want to run through some of the bigger headlines because I feel like the past couple of weeks we haven't had much opportunity where we've all three been here, right? Mm -hmm. And we've discussed some of this stuff in the news, but now we know some of it's actually played out. And so I just, as we're kind of here rolling to the end of the year, right, Mm -hmm. I want to run through some of these things, um, some of them that we might see affect the end of the year pros cons anything like that and then if you guys have anything that you want to add by yourself feel free to bring that up but let's start right here at the very top the very first one we're actually gonna start in the pfl believe it or not i'm going mm-hmm. outside the ufc mm. buy or sell boys aspen lad is a legitimate threat to kayla harrison and her undefeated record brandon we will start with you selling meaning i don't yes like absolutely not you don't think so no really no Okay, John, what's yours? Uh, I'm buying, but on sale. (laughs) I'm saying that she has, she's a potential contender at one point in the UFC. How much off? We talking like 25% off? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, you got like the, hey man, if you got this in your email, show it to me and I'll give you 25% off. (laughs) Um, She's not the level of like Cyborg or Nunez that they've been trying to put Kayla with, but I do feel like she's faced harder competition than Kayla has. And has sure. and has more impressive wins on that thing because Kayla at this point is just beating the girls she beat last season. So okay, because the, the one thing that I feel like I have not, and, and if anybody is listening and has gotten clarity on this that maybe we've missed, let us know at Neon Belly Podcast on all those links. But I have not seen anything that says because Kayla has done most of her PFL career at one fifty five. Mm-hmm. Aspen is coming in at one forty five. Now, to my knowledge, I don't recall seeing PFL do 45 in the past. So my question is, I wonder if this means Kayla's going to participate in 145, which would make sense, right? Because she's run through 155. So, I mean, if she can make the way a new challenge is, that's a respectable thing for her to do entering what, you know, her fourth or fifth season in the PFL. So it makes a lot of sense. So then it becomes a question of if she is going to cut down to 145, how does that affect her? You know what mm-hmm. I mean, and then and and then you're looking at an opponent in Aspen Lad who well, has, one has loss. sucked. Well, right, but she has sucked down to 35, where she's probably been more of a natural 45er. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So she's going to be not as dehydrated at 35. You know, she's going to be um, probably a little bit better off at 45. Right. And then you have Kayla, who's going to be then sucking herself down potentially to 45. Yeah. So does that if that's the case? Because I don't know if it is, but Kayla has shared the announcement that they've signed Aspen Ladd and acknowledged that that's a future opponent. So I'm assuming maybe that's the move heading into next season. So does mm. that maybe, if that is the case, that Kayla's going to cut to 45, Aspen fighting at probably a more natural weight, right. does that change your opinion, Brandon? A, a little bit. I just don't honestly see Kayla making 45. Maybe, and I, don't, and I don't follow PFL that closely, so maybe there's just stuff sure. I'm missing, but I don't see her making 45. Um, yeah, I don't know if tough. maybe they do that at like a catch weight, but even if, I, to me, honestly, the the selling was just because I honestly believe it speaks to me more to Kayla. I think just mm-hmm. Kayla is that that person who's just 
she's that good, man. I just yeah. think that even if she does match up with Aspen, even if it's at 45, yeah, that gives Aspen a little bit more of a of a balance there. But I still think Kayla runs through her. I just think she's that good. Sure. Yeah, I, mine's basically on the the competition they faced. Yeah, it's just hard to compare. I mean, and who knows? Maybe those girls in PFL are really good, and Kayla just makes them look it's like tough. that. It's tough. That's a tough thing, you know, because we haven't seen a girl go over there yet from the UFC as we have in the males. Sure. Um, but Aspen Ladd, like I said, you only have one loss. At one point, she was looked at as a contender. She's had these weight yeah. issues. You take out those weight issues, it'd be interesting to see if she can still get back to that yeah. potential. I think most people are just interested to see the measuring stick. Yeah, like are what? you buying or selling? Good um, question. You don't have to give explanations because we've already talked about it. But just, I, man, it's tough. I. Because I, I do factor in the weight thing. If if Kayla does, I'll say this. If it's at 55, I'm selling. Mm -hmm. um, but if Kayla is going to come down to 45 to fight her, I'd buy it. I think it's going to be a legitimate, it'll at least be a legitimate test. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even in the wording of the question, uh, the buy is that it, does she have the potential to even be a threat? Yeah. I mean, of course. She does. She's definitely Any opponent isn't a threat, but especially one that has been through such right. a, a level of a competition. She's definitely going to have, yeah, the most potential for sure. Um, the next one, boys, this is a two-parter. So the first part is Patty Pimblett says that he wants on at UFC 282 on December 10th. Do you buy or sell that his opponent will be a top 15 opposition? I... It's tough. I could see it either way. It should be. Um, so I'll buy it because I think it's time. Like he needs, like especially with where he's at, I think they need to push him. Um, so I'll I'll buy that one. I'll say it's top 15. I'm selling. I think the UFC has a formula for the guys that they're hype about, um, and it's slow and steady. I think that they'll find somebody with a recognizable name but not a ranking. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you're looking at next year trying to go back to London before you give him somebody a bigger name. I, I do agree with you that he does. He needs to fight somebody yeah. bigger. But I think if you could find like a, a lower ranked guy or like a veteran with a name who's not ranked right now, maybe you set that up instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100 percent selling as well. I, I think it's I think John hit it on the head. I think the formula is is clear. I mean, would I be surprised if it was top 15? Not necessarily. I see it being more like a Jim Miller. I think mm -hmm. we'll get somebody, you know, in that yeah. vein of like what you said, a veteran with a big name that if he beats them, people recognize it on his record as a legitimate win, but it doesn't really thrust him into that top 15 yet. I just don't, I think, I think even the UFC realizes that maybe some people are sipping the punch a bit on Patty, you know, and like mm -hmm. as, as excited as people are, I think they realize that there's still a lot that needs to, to they, they need to see. So I, I'm kind of selling the top 15. I think more of like a big name veteran, something along that line. Second part is, do you buy or sell that Patty Pimblet ever enters the top five rankings at lightweight selling, selling so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my, the term I put in this is discount rack. So yeah, I just wanted to mix it up a little I feel like there's too many bad matchups for him in the top 10, let alone the top five. Mm -hmm. The UFC will try to book him like O'Malley in terms of favorable matchups, but at some point you run out of those. But see, you just said it's something that I thought. It's because I, I was selling as well, but then I started thinking like, man, I really never thought O'Malley would ever. But now I'm kind of starting to see Did it. Did you say but, be but ranked they or fight somebody in the top five? Ever be ranked, like have a fifth, number five or higher next yeah, to it. because O'Malley's not 
ranked top five. He's not. If he beats Piotr Jan, he will be. But I guess what I'm saying with the favorable matchups is they never let Ricky Simone fight Sean O'Malley sure. or some of these other guys. Well, Ricky so, Simone's a 35 or No, so. but, but what I'm saying, like... The, these, oh, you're talking about Sean O'Malley. Yeah, Sean O'Malley. I see what you're but saying. But what I'm saying is if they'll give him favorable matchups until there's none left. They'll try then, to match him up to get him up. And then he's going to have to fight a, a striker that might put him yeah, out or somebody no who can wrestle him. Yeah, there's no favorable, favorable matchups in that top. Right, but know. as a grappler, if they give him guys where you know all he has to worry about is the jiu-jitsu side of things or whatever and some light striking, he can match up with those guys. Sure. But once he gets somebody who can put him out or something, then those favorable who, matchups are out. Who is that, though? I don't know. I'd have to look through and study. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think through. If it's not, I mean, I very specifically said lightweight because then I start thinking, like, he does have 45-pound experience, though I think there's no way he probably goes back at this point um, oh, just because. Not the way he balloons up. Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like that's pretty well documented. I don't know about at 70. You know, maybe there's some more favorable matchups for him up there. Um, so this isn't a matter of, like, will he ever be a top five in any? It's just, like, at lightweight right yeah. now, I'm selling really hard mm, on that right. as well. I just I don't, I don't see a pathway for him to get there, in my opinion. Right. Next one, boys. If Charles Oliveira is to beat Islam Makachev at UFC 280, he will have beat every top five lightweight in less than a year and a half bonkers that's just crazy to even think about fellas like when you think about it i mean it's just nuts uh but he will also tie habib and tony ferguson for the longest win streak in the division and he would be um he would have two t he will be two title fights away from tying bj Penn for the most in the division now he would have tied if he were to beat islam he would have tied had the whole weight thing not happen in his last one, Wait which gate. still sucks, yeah, for him. Um, so, you know, he'll only be one away. Um, so my question is, if Dubronx wins, do you buy or sell that he is the greatest lightweight of all time? Oh, I'm buying that. Because here's the other thing I think it's important to consider there is how he's winning. Yeah. The only mm -hmm. person I can think of recently that he hasn't finished is Tony Ferguson, and that was the only fight out of all of those that was only three rounds. Yeah. Right. Um, so I feel like if you tack on another two rounds with Ferg, he probably gets that done. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, I would... 100% put him in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm big buying, and I'd probably overpay. <laughs> I feel like with this win, it's probably the most impressive five-fight streak I've ever seen in the UFC. Yeah. And, and especially, like you said, with the way he's doing it, I think the only thing he can do after this is like the Volkanovski super fight, or if somehow he can get Habib to come out of retirement mm -hmm. to fight him. That's the only other things he could do to move up. But sure. like I said, that five-fight, if he gets through all these five fights in a row like that, yeah. You don't. I've never seen anybody have a more impressive run than that. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm hard buying it too because I I just think it's like you know you could argue the title fights and, and maybe some like not having as many as like BJ or you know being up there with Habib and stuff or you know as dominant as Habib was for for as long as he was. Um, but to me, there's just exceptions sometimes to the rule. Like when you talk about like you know, um, like uh, when we were talking about Kamaru, right? Like mm -hmm. when does he pass GSP? And everybody was kind of unanimously like, well, he's got to get more than GSP. Um, but he was kind of doing it in a similar way as GSP as well. I swear, like, if Oliveira pulls this off, we've never seen mm -hmm. anything like this in mixed martial arts. No. Like, we've seen guys face top competition consistently, but there's no denying that this is by far the best air for the lightweight division of mm -hmm. all time, most stacked from top to bottom. And if he runs through the top five, and then you consider the time frame, only yeah. a year and a half, you beat one through five? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> like, yeah. Insane, dude. Yeah, yeah, that would 
surpassed for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as a massive, like you guys know how big of a Habib fan I sure. am, that he 100% overtakes everything Habib's done. Yeah. Um, in terms of lightweight goat. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. so. oh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Next one, boys. Buy or sell. If Israel Adesanya beats Alex Pajeda at UFC 281 in November, it will be the biggest win of his very credentialed MMA career. I have a question. Okay. Do you have any? Do you have any extra like when you say biggest? So like, I think so. Like in terms of like, um, how would I explain this? Um, I just okay. So my thought with this one is there's so much going into this, right? Like I feel like this is like one of the first fights where like a lot of people are thinking like like had he beat Jan Blachowicz this Pajeda fight like probably wouldn't compare like being coming a double champ would have been huge right Mm -hmm. um but when you look at it there hasn't been many fights where I feel like people go in and they're like with Izzy where it's like what if you know like but I feel like this fight has so much parody attached to it that I feel like there's crazy that so many people are really giving Pajeda I mean you would almost think he's the betting odds favorite. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying with how confident people are that he's going to win. We talked to a guy yesterday um, at the card show. He's very knowledgeable about mixed martial arts. We had a great conversation, and even he was kind of just like, man, like I think he might be. You know what I mean? So it's like I just think in terms of like the, the, the size of the fight, how big it is, like his Whitaker fights weren't that big, even though they had fought so many times, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like you're looking I, too much into it. I yeah, I it's tough because I think when he won the title, like that was he, it was huge. Like especially when. But what was it? Ta- like you know, like it's not like he was like the youngest champ to ever do it, or like if Pajeda beats him, he he becomes a UFC champion in like four UFC fights, like which would just be crazy, right? Yeah. Like it was a kind of a nice build, a slow build. It's like I just think if he beats Pajeda, it's crazy to think that a guy coming from kickboxing who has beat him twice, and I think that being attached to it makes it a bigger win as well. He's mm-hmm. never beat Alex Pajeda in combat sports. I'll say yes. Okay, now that you put it that way, I'll say I'll buy it. Um, and I think it has, I don't know, it's tough to get into like why because I think he's looked so good that part of it is just right. like anytime there's he's- There's no up, parody to yeah. it. There, there's a little bit of romance uh, attached to this fight because mm-hmm. he has, ne- Pajeda's beat him twice yeah. in kickboxing, yes, mm-hmm. but he's beat him. And so um, I just think it's just, but it's just funny to me that like, Pajeda's only got seven mixed martial arts fights, and it's like yeah. he's fought Marvin Vittori, you know, mm-hmm. Brunson, you know, Whitaker, Costa, all these guys yeah. that are just killers. But when you start looking at what Izzy's doing to guys, you know, he's just he's he's kickboxing them, he's counter striking them, yeah. he's looking good doing it, he's not getting hit, but Pajeda hits Pajeda hits him. Right. So. And have you recalled going into an Izzy fight where this many people were actually saying, like, I don't know, man. I don't think he's going to win. Jan was the only one. I mean, yeah, that was a tough fair one. fair enough. It was a tough one. And that's what I said. Like, had he beat Jan Blachowicz, this wouldn't even be a question because that yeah. would by far becoming double champ, beating a guy like Jan going up a weight class. Um, but, you know, we saw how that all played out, obviously. So you don't even think about that. So to me, it's just, like, crazy to me to think mm-hmm. that that's where we're at with this I fight. I want to hear John's answer. Well, I am buying, but it is it is a part of Alex, but it's also about what, at this point in his career, it's kind of like the Usman thing where every win puts you closer to the guy who's the only one guy that's above you. Sure. If if Izzy wins this, he ties Anderson for the longest streak at middleweight at 13, and he's done it in only four years. Um, you know, Whitaker 
is obviously to me in the realm of MMA a way bigger win, especially twice. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about the storyline, translate right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and like I felt like the Yoel one was one where it's like, oh well, he's not going to be able to do that against Yoel. But he did. I think he wasn't going to be able to do that against Costo or Cannonier. But I think his performance in the Yoel one really let people down. Yeah, but I mean, I I just and I and Cannonier and can I mean and a lot. It's not. I mean, a lot of his fights. It's been a continued critique of his. But I think that's what a lot of people with this Pajeda fight they just. There's no way that Pajeda's going to let him off like that. You well, know? they said that about Costa too. That's a good point. I and think it is a different. And, and, and sport. I think that's what it comes down to is is the it is the storyline of is it's like the John Jones thing. At this point, every time he fights somebody, it's well, is this this is the guy that's going to figure it out? Because eventually, people get tired of seeing somebody winning, especially the way that they do. Sure. Um, but I do I do think that. Alex is a part of it, but I, I'm buying more on that every win now is so important because he's getting so close to what Anderson was able to do in that division. The only thing I would say about the Costa thing is, like, yes, everybody thought Costa, but we've all talked about is, like, when guys are in front of Izzy, they freak out. I mean, he freezes guys. He's just so good. Pajeda's seen it twice. Mm -hmm, you know yeah. what I mean? So that, not saying that Izzy's not more evolved or better, that his mixed martial arts striking isn't going to look different than when he was a kickboxer, but Pajeda's been in there with Izzy and he's seen it. So he knows what to expect more than anybody else. And I think that's kind of why those Whitaker fights, every time we see him look better, because he just gets more comfortable mm -hmm. with being in there with Izzy. And that's not a diss to Izzy. If anything, that's like more of props because it's right. like it takes guys like two or three mm -hmm. times to mm -hmm. even get, before they're even comfortable to even get competitive with him right but i think that's kind of with the intrigue with this fight and to me what makes it one of his biggest fights of his career mm -hmm. is that's not on the table here because the guy he's fighting he's actually lost to not right. only has he fought him twice he's lost to him twice and he's been knocked out by him right. and this guy is knocking everybody out right now and looking mm -hmm. absolutely scary right. well, he's way bigger i mean there's just so much to this fight that it's like it's but it's crazy because this is only his like seventh or right and, well, and, and that's the other layer to it too is if if Izzy wins, it could easily go, well, Pear only had seven fights. He sure. probably shouldn't have been in there anyways. Sure. So there is that level of pressure and an extra level. But I think it's a mix of, you know, like he's getting into that, you know, how Usman felt better because he felt like getting to that Anderson level was too much on him. I don't feel like Izzy's been taking that on himself, yeah. even just like publicly talking about it, because I don't think people are bringing it up. Sure. But he's getting to that realm where it's like, I don't know where his title defenses are at this point, but I mean, to win 13 in a row in that division is crazy. Oh, yeah. So every win's going to put him go and add to his resume. So everyone's going to be big. So this is the, f I think this is the first one that's like, a, okay, th after this, every fight is a legacy fight for you. Sure. So that's why I'm buying. Were you going to say something? No, that's okay. I'm, I'll save the rest okay. of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Buy or sell, Hamzat Shimaev will never fight at welterweight again. I'm selling that one, man. I th I think for a little bit, I I think what's going to happen is he's going to go on a run at 85 because they didn't like what happened recently, right at 70, and he's still got that potential for the double champ. I mean, that's something they've, they've talked about talked about with him since he started. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think that's there, and who knows where we're going to be in the next, sure. you know, three years. Let's say he gets to the belt at 85. Um, I I think that's still an opportunity for him, even if it's a one off at 70. Um, I, I could see him fighting a 70 again, so I'm selling that one. I'm buying him for two reasons. One, the fact that he dang near killed himself this last time trying to make weight. Mm -hmm. You don't know what all goes into that. And now when we, when we talk about the news, there's other things that could be distractions that can make it hard for him to be in that type of shape. And number two is Shafkat Rachmanov. I, I think that once he keeps on moving up, that's not a matchup I think he wants. Yeah, I think it's like the Whitaker thing where it's like, oh, I like that guy. He's a nice guy. He's also your your toughest matchup probably in that division. And I don't, I don't see him going there, especially because – you know, as we'll talk about later when we talk about, like you guys talked about with Bo Nickel last week, is 
you know, there's a deficiency of wrestling mm-hmm. in that division more than 170. So you have more of a up there. And I think once he gets up there, it's like, oh, well, I need to stay where, one, I don't have to kill myself to cut weight, and two, my wrestling is a bigger factor. Yeah, I think it's a tough one because I think he wants to go back. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if the UFC is going to allow him to go back. Um, I'm going to buy it. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't, because even still it's like, you know, unless he just gets up to 85 and he's just like, it's just too competitive for him. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And he just can't, com- you know, he's not as dominant, say, as he's been at 70. But I don't know. I just, I don't see the, the, the you know, if he keeps sucking himself down for it and killing himself, it's like, at what point then does his performance, I mean, it hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but at what point, you know, we know as guys get older, that just gets harder and harder to do. So if he goes on a run at 85 over the next year or two, whatever, it's like, in a year or two, was it going to be like trying to get down to seven? Well, and to be at the top of 85, you almost have to get maybe a little bit bigger because those are guys that can make 205 for the most part Do you when you get to the top of that. Adding another one to it real quick, then if he does go to 85, which we assume his next fight's probably going to be at 85. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Do you buy or sell he's one win from the title shot? If is Because I think if uh, Pajeda beats Izzy, they'll do the rematch because right. Izzy deserves that. But if Izzy were to beat Pajeda... Logic, honestly, no, really, number one contender. You know, mm-hmm. you could say Whitaker, but they same thing. You talk about parity; they need some more people in that division. So, if his first fight at eighty five is say Paulo Costa, which is being rumored heavy, do you think if he beats Apollo Costa, his next fight is Israel Adesanya? Absolutely, yeah, I buy that. Yeah, because there he's lapping the division on, on Izzy's side, and Hamzat was probably that fight, the Diaz fight away from getting his title shot at the winner of Leon and Usman. Yeah. So he's in that realm. You put him in a different division, you know, and he wins against a top five, top four, three, two guy. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody else because Izzy has beat everybody else under that. Sure. Buy or sell boys. Conor McGregor will fight for another UFC title in his career. I feel like you put this on here just for me. No, um. I think it's a general. I, he's coming back. I mean, I think I just think there's enough, and this is when I'm talking about recent headlines. We're starting to see he's training a lot. There's a lot of footage coming out. I actually sat and watched a, a BJJ page that broke down like a roll. I had never even seen the video, but somebody had put out him like rolling, and they were breaking it down. And actually, I'll have to show it to you guys, but this guy was like very impressed by Connor's jujitsu and like he was saying like you know he's definitely going with smaller guys but that's you know always does that but he said given his injury you know you you, that that's smart it's like you see that a lot at the higher levels but Mm -hmm. he was like really impressed by some of the grass I mean it does seem like he's working I'll say that Mm -hmm. if nothing else I think in since his injury we're seeing a very at least from the outside looking in very focused Connor who's Definitely gearing up for a comeback after this movie. I'm selling this so so fast. I just don't see it anywhere. Like it, it, he just had two fights at 55 against Poirier and lost both of them. Didn't sure. look great in either of them. Okay. And Poirier then goes out against Dubronx and looks how he looked. Sure. And so that's 55 for you again. I don't think he has any favorable matchups there. I, he's he just said I think this past week and he did like a Twitter questionnaire thing and. He said 70s is his future. Okay, yeah, so even 70, though. Like, I don't see anybody in there that he matches up favorably with. I just don't think the power carries over. Um, he knocked Diaz down X amount of times. and could, I mean, granted, it's Diaz. Nobody really finishes him. But I just don't think Connor's power carries at 70 like it does at 55 or 45. And I think by the time he's ready to go, and who knows when that is, it, no, he's not going to fight for a title. Like, you've got um, Rachmanov up there, and you've got Usman up there, you've got Leon... Like, I just don't see it. Not not at all. What do you think? Uh, Conor McGregor is the Madden of UFC. 
Fans say they're not going to buy him every year. <laughs> and every year he pops back up and they're like, well, I guess we got to buy him because it's Conor McGregor. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm buying it. I, I know that Conor hasn't done, and it's not even because I feel like he deserves it per se. Sure. But Conor is the uh, an X factor. He's something that doesn't exist in the same rule set as anybody else. Yeah. How do you think that happens? How do you think it happens? Money. Okay. But I, the dude is a million dollar pay-per-view sell every time. time. So it, imagine this. Right, he gets one win at seventy. Not against, a, hold on, real quick. Not a million dollar. He is a million buys. Yeah, a million over sell, a million yeah. plus every yeah. single time. Which then, when you multiply that a by seventy five dollars a right. piece, cha ching. Right. <laughs> so imagine this world. Right, one seventy. He gets in there against maybe somebody like I'm a Maz, tell, I'm Masvidal. Tell, yes, that. So th real quick, because that's what I was going to say. The buy of it. The reason why I buy it is because I see the pathway. Because I do think it's going to be Masvidal. If he beats Jorge Masvidal in his return, hundred percent he gets. A well, title well, shot. imagine this. He beats him, and then something. You know, Usman wins and maybe retires. It doesn't even. Now take the belt's that. up. I'm telling you, it's and not he's even the biggest sell. That. I'm I telling don't. you, it's not even. Gonna and, and I don't that. think he. I don't think he deserves it. But he's an anomaly. It's, it's not about him deserving. I get. I know you don't think he deserves it, but I don't see. I don't think he beats Masvidal. I think I Masvidal think runs through him. Look at compare Masvidal to Poirier, and then look at Poirier and how what he just did to McGregor. I feel like Poirier and Masvidal have similar matchups. Just ability. makes it is. Yeah. It, and there's another game to the mental Dude, side Connor of it is too. Still, and, and Connor is still a phenomenal striker. Sure. So you don't think over five rounds he doesn't outstrike Masvidal because I don't think Masvidal is taking him down. I think Masvidal finishes him. I don't. I mean, that's th those are all possibilities. But I think when you look at names floating, who you could put into a pay per view and sell it, and you have you know Bilal Muhammad right here, and you have Connor who just maybe got a win at right. some point at one seventy. I'll take this a step further. I don't know that Conor McGregor gets another win inside the UFC. Oh, I think that's crazy. Unless you put him against a, uh, who are you gonna like? A, unless you put him against like some scrub or somebody like who who's way past um, doing anything productive in the UFC. You don't think he could come in right now and be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's ranked in the top ten at least somewhere in there? I think no. he's like seven. I think eight. Thompson's that's a terrible matchup for him. That's blasphemy. Do you think you, you think Thompson's a good matchup for him? Yes, absolutely. No. Yeah, I think I think Connor would dominate. Just what's kill he gonna him. do? How? Left hand, but he's done. He's so much smaller, and Thompson's a kicker, and that's typically when when Connor was great. What was Connor? What did Connor do that was so great back in the day? Right, he was. He, everyone talks about his karate stance, his kicking, and he hasn't done that. But then, if you're going to put him up against somebody to use that, Thompson's not the guy. I think there is an aspect where we need to see what he comes back with because we did see him change his style in those last couple of fights. But I think if he comes back, and even there's even a remote shade of it, like pff, I think he could definitely put Stevens' lights out. Nope. I mean, look how he matched up against Jose Aldo. Yeah, I just, I just think on a name side, if he, if he just gets one win or he, he's even around to be put in, he's always going to be pluggable yeah. because he sells. And no, I, I get because it's a business. That's why I'm going to buy it because I, I bet he could beat a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson who could lose to Kevin Holland, as we're going to talk about here coming up, and he'd still get a title shot in his next fight. That's just how it is. So that's why I'm hard buying this. <laughs> nope, I'm not. I mean, you're you just you're just crazy. I understand. <laughs> I understand it doesn't make sense. I, like I'm not saying I agree with it or anybody does, but it's I, crazy to not think. That, and then he's a million plus pay per view by every time. But you attach a title to that. I, 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 mean, I it goes to one point five million at that point. I get like obviously we all get that his name and the money and that that's like the major piece as to why he could achieve the title shot. But in terms of honestly, just in terms of stylistically, the injury and how he's looked as of late. His most recent win was Donald Cerrone. Right. I mean, he was busting up Poirier off his back. 
He was busting him up with Please the, tell me you're joking. I mean, that's what he said. He was busting <laughs> him up. He was winning those exchanges. There's <laughs> a doctor stopping. I just, a doctor stopping. Yeah, I just don't think he's competitive enough. Like, he lost the first one to Poirier. He was like, oh, let me, let me, you know, it's been a minute. Let me get back to it. wasn't competitive at lightweight. But we don't really know at welterweight. You think it's going to look better at, at welter? He looked. He was. A four, he was a. Gilbert Burns looked better at he, welterweight. Yeah, dude. There's cases of it. He's. He could be stronger. He doesn't have to cut as much. <laughs> I'm being serious. No, I know. I'm just. You, I just. You, I, I know just know that he's over here fuming. No, you can be facetious. Uh, facetious. Facetious. Facetious about no, it. No, I was bringing that up. Is it? There has been but, people who've at yeah, 55 I, haven't looked great and looked better up. Whitaker didn't look good at 70. He went up to if, 85 and looked a lot better. Connor's 70 fights have been against people who typically fight at 55. He hasn't fought a true 70 pounder. Fine. So, well, but, but the 70 fighter he did fight wobbled the current champion. Who? Leon Edwards. Nate Diaz. Oh my gosh. That, do, MMA math Do you man? hear yourself how far you're reaching? I mean, is it? Yes. I mean, people, that's ridiculous. You're talking about you're 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 talking about the potential for McGregor to do well at 70 against a, a champ based off a singular punch in, in a, a fight with Leon and Diaz. I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm saying, saying if it, if it nothing if it nothing else, I think if he was coming back at lightweight, I wouldn't maybe have as much of a buy on this. But I think if he is coming back at welterweight, there at least is he that. He's jacked. He also isn't getting tested, so who knows. Yeah, Brock Lesnar didn't get tested either. Yeah, and look what he did to Mark Hunt. Good Lawsuit, point, baby. Buy or sell, <laughs> boys. We could go all day on that. Nate Diaz's next fight will be in mixed martial arts. I have no idea of this one, honestly. I'm gonna go with sell because I just I think he's has so much to offer in other areas, jujitsu, boxing. Um, I don't think it makes a ton of sense for him to come back to MMA, whether it's PFL, Bellator, wherever. Um, I it just does so much to the body. It's it, I just think it's a rough sport. I think he's gonna be better served. Um, either boxing or grappling. That's where I see him next. Yeah, I'm selling as well. I think I think the reason he wanted out so quick is that I think he wanted to fight Anderson is getting. I think he wanted Jake Paul before somebody was able to beat him. Mm-hmm. And I think he's waiting on what happens in that fight because if Jake Paul wins, he's immediately calling him and saying, send a contract. And there, There is still Logan Paul if Anderson is to win, maybe even Anderson in boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's MMA fights whenever he wants them. But big pay-per-view boxing fights aren't going to always be there unless he goes the real professional route and tries to actually get you know, some of these other people, like maybe even actually fight a legit boxer like mm-hmm. who's in the circuit and just jump into that. But I do think he's kind of waiting on this Jake and Probably. Anderson fight to see what can happen because he knows that the money is there. Sure. I, I kind of feel like that, too. Like I think he probably is waiting somewhat for that. But I'm actually going to buy it. I actually think if if he is negotiating with Bellator, like Scott Coger said, I have a feeling if they offer him a walk-in, first fight, immediate title shot, Nate Diaz does not say no to that. And um, who is their 170 champ off top? I cannot um, think. God. Russian dude. Yeah, I cannot think. He beat Douglas Lima. I can't remember yeah. his name. But see, I just feel like he looks at that as probably a winnable fight. Or it, I just I just feel like at the end of the day, though, it's Nate Diaz, a title shot. I just think in mixed martial arts, he's never going to say no dude, to him. Dude, him and MVP would be hilarious. It'd be crazy. It'd be a great fight. Mm-hmm. Last one for me, boys. Buy or sell that Bo Nickel will get a title shot in under five UFC fights. So just for some clarity, that means that by his fourth fight, like we're seeing with Alex Pajeda, he will be getting a title shot because Alex, this will be Alex's fourth UFC fight and it's for a title. So if we were looking at like an over under, it'd be like under four and a half. I could see that um, because of the division. So I think if he's in any other division, I don't see it happening. But because as you've talked about, like, is he's lapping guys, so he mm-hmm. needs competition. So yeah. I think if Bo goes in there, runs through guys by the fourth fight, especially you know if, sure. if, if Izzy beats Pajeda, um, am I pronouncing that right? I think it's Pajeda, but Pajeda. You, you do what you want. 
I'll say Alex. If he, if Izzy beats Alex, <laughs> Alex P. Um, I think it's actually Alex too. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> he's I'm like ninety yeah. percent Alex. If Izzy beats Alex, and if I if that's wrong, that's your fault. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure you gotta fight both. Of yeah, <laughs> that's how they announce it. Okay, if Izzy beats him, then yeah, I I think that ma that makes a ton of sense because he Izzy needs competitors, so sure. I, I could see it. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, I'm buying as well, especially if with Izzy retaining his title, uh, lack of opponent, and you know even if Alex was to win. Bo is such a, a matchup nightmare for a lot of that division, and uh, which I had it in the news, but I'll just bring it up, and this is a part of why I'm buying it as well. He's being very forward about not wanting to be an undercard-style fighter yeah. and wanting to be fast-tracked. Sure. You know, Aspinall was like, a, you know, let me take my time. Yeah. Um, Patty, let me take my time. O'Malley, let me take Bo doesn't want that. Yeah. He, he low-key wanted to fight for the title right off the rip. So I think his willingness to fast-track himself and they needing them needing potential um, contenders would put him up there very quickly. Would you go over under three and a half? Being by his third, he would do it one fight quicker than Pajeda. If you so, ask me, so what that would mean in, in hindsight, because we know what his first fight is. I mean, right. he beat Jamie Pickett. His next fight would have to be somebody within the top ten, which would just be nuts to even consider that they would do right. that. But maybe they do. And then that would mean his next fight would have to be for a title. I can. Here's the thing: when you hear him talk, the way he believes in like his ability to do what he's doing is ridiculous. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I just don't know if I see them giving him like a nut. Like if he beats Jamie Pickett, I just don't know if I see them giving him like Marvin Vittori or Robert yeah. Whitaker for his next fight well, to get he, to a title. Here's the other thing: it's just crazy. You just never know with injuries what can happen. Yeah, you don't. Imagine him winning this fight. Getting a fight against like a you know Darren Till or something, and then Marvin Vittori has to drop out of a fight, or sure. you know Whitaker, or they don't even have somebody up there, and they're like, I don't want to get, you know, do we do a third fight with one of these guys, or do we throw this guy in there? Because with John Jones, at one point you're throwing Chael Sonnen in there, and right. you know anybody who can just be a different body, you might end up in that situation with Bo Nickel for sure. Boys, we got to move on. If you guys have uh, any that you wanted to add, maybe we'll do them afterwards and throw them up for uh, some social media content this week. Yeah. Exclusive. Moving on, boys. We got to get to our picks for UFC Vegas 62 mm -hmm. this Saturday. And before we get into the fight, it is important to remember this card was originally to be set to be headlined by Sean Strickland versus Jared Cannonier. However, Strickland suffered that nasty injury to his finger, which Leprosy forced, to his finger yeah, or something. forced him off this card and moved that fight to December 17th. So the co-main event was elevated to the main, which means for our main event this Saturday in the women's flyweight division, number five, Alexa Carrasso versus number six, Viviana, or Viviani, excuse me, Brandon. How do you say your name? Arujo. 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 This fight, boys, has been scheduled two times prior to this event. The first time was in January, but Arujo was forced out with an injury. Then the second time was back in August, but Grasso was forced off due to visa issues. But third time is the charm because they are set to go this Saturday. And Alexa Grasso, boys, is coming into this fight on a three-fight win streak. All three of those wins, worth noting, coming since moving up to this 125-pound division. Mm -hmm. Her most we recent win was a first-round submission over Joanne Wood back in March. That was the first submission win of her MMA career. Um, and Alexa's only loss in her last five bout bouts was to current champ Carla Esparza. Her opponent Viviana, Viviani, I gotta stop saying Viviana, Viviani Araujo is also coming into this fight off a win. Her most recent bout was a unanimous decision win over Andrea Lee back in May, and she is a winner of three in her last four. This fight is both ladies' first main event and will be both ladies' first potential five-round fight. Boys, 
We'll start with John. Your pick. I um I think this will be an interesting fight, mostly because you know we're still trying to see what Garasso looks like. I mean, this is her be her fourth fight, sure. but as she keeps moving up this ladder, what she looks like. Um, I mean, her last loss was a majority decision against Carla, mm-hmm. and obviously she's a champ right now. Right, uh, and a majority decision means she was in that fight. Yeah. Um, and for. Viviani, is that how you said it was? Viviani Arahujo. Yeah, Viviani. I'm saying not Viviani. <laughs> Viviani, she did lose to Chikagian, and that's a striker. Mm-hmm. And I think Garasso brings not the same length, but I think she brings the same, maybe even higher level striking to this. Even though Garasso last win was a sub. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Garasso here. I think that um, she just has a little bit more, um, she's had a more impressive run over these last three um, whereas you've had uh, Viviani facing some lesser outside of Chikagian competition and then actually losing to that. Um, I think I'm going to take Garasso. I will say... You think Caitlin Chikagian is lesser? Of no, I said no, outside, outside of her. Of her. Okay, okay. I'm I said between Angela Yee and uh, Madadafari. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's different um, compared to Wood and the people that um, Garasso gotcha, has gotcha, fought. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm taking Alexa Grasso here. I will say um, third round TKO. I think she can wear on her and... Um, eventually get the finish yeah this is tough to pick for i i think grasso is a fantastic counter striker uh who has also shown really good developments in her ground game um not just in her last fight but even in that macy barber fight you go back two fights ago she transitioned really well off mm-hmm. of her back um threw up an arm bar at one point to get macy a very very legitimate tight arm bar and got macy off of her um then you have Ada ujo who is just built like an absolute tank <laughs> that 125 pound division and what she may lack and you know some technique on her feet she makes up for and just pure power and aggression um and and i know i mentioned like i said though alexa is developing the ground game i can promise you she wants nothing to do with going to the ground with ada ujo and getting stuck under her um she's going to be very dangerous early on for alexa and Grasso is going to have to deal with some early pressure from Viviani and probably defend some really big takedowns. But I think I am going to go Alex Grasso here as well. You know, she's looked so good since moving up to 125 pounds. And I ultimately think her style is better fit for a five-round fight. Um, and I think she has the ability to absorb Viviani's pressure. And I think she will make her pay with the counter shots. Um, I don't think that she's going to finish her. Both of these ladies have been really big in unanimous decisions. Matter of fact, outside of Araujo's first fight in the UFC, I think she's on like a seven or eight, you know, decision fight run, win or mm-hmm. lose. Um, so she's very tough. Um, so I'm going to go Alexa Grasso via unanimous decision. I'm going to break the the mold here. I'm going to go with Viviani. I think that Alexa's looked good since she's transitioned to 25, but I think with the, when you go up in weight, eventually you start running into somebody, like you said, who's a little bit bigger for the weight class. She's and I tough. Think, I think that matters here. I think Viviani is going to just be a little bit more of a physical specimen compared to what Alexa's used to. And I think that um, we might actually see this play out a little more on the ground. And I don't know that Alexa is going to be able to hang as much in there. So I'm going to actually go with Viviani. I'm going to say fourth round TKO in this one. Nice. Boys, we are going to skip picking for the co-main event. Cub Swanson takes on Jonathan Martinez in that bout. Cub is a winner of three in his last four. Most recently, a win over Darren Elkins. And Martinez is coming into this fight on a three-fight win streak. Though he won't, or though we won't make an official pick, any quick thoughts real quick or who you pick for that? I don't like Swanson moving moving down to 35. I just think it's, I don't think it's going to work out for him. We've seen guys move down lately, especially older. He's 38. Um, don't like it. I just, I think Rodriguez is going to take it. 
Martinez. Martinez. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. No, I like Martinez, man. Since August 2020, his only loss is Wavy Davy, mm-hmm. and he has some really good wins. Um, he's tough. I think that this will be a good win for him if he if he can pull it off. Cub Swanson is a good name to have on your resume, regardless of how sure. old he is. Um, especially with Cub Swanson's you know last fight performance against Elkins, who puts out Darren Elkins. Yeah, like, next Elkins, to nobody. Worth noting, Elkins is also thirty-eight. He <laughs> is, but he's like just fighting. He's, and he's like, from Indiana, Brandon. I'm just saying, he's like he's fighting so a log in your yard. It's like I'm not going to win this. I'm just going to have to leave you there. <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fact that this is for free. I love yeah. This. <laughs> this. Yeah, we might have to start doing like a Patreon or something. He's like finding a log in your yard. I'm just going to have to leave. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, boys, that is going to move us to the next fight where we're going to make our pick on this card. Uh, so, John, are you going Martinez or Swanson? I'm going Martinez. Yeah, me too. I like Martinez in that one. I think Cubs are uh, dangerous early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I like Martinez. Moving us to the next fight on this card real quick. In the men's flyweight division, number four, Askar Askarov versus number five, Brandon Raw Dog Roy Val. Boys, Askar Askarov comes into this fight off his first professional loss to Kai Kata France back in March. Before that loss, Askarov was a perfect 14-0 in his career with one draw in his UFC debut to Brandon Moreno. His opponent, Brandon Royval, is surging right now as the former LFA champ, Roy Val, came into the UFC with a ton of hype. He scored two early big wins over Tim El- Tim Elliott and Kai Cotta France, but then got a little derailed in his next two with back-to-back losses against Brandon Moreno and Alexandre Pantoja, but recently has bounced back and uh, comes into this fight with back-to-back victories over Hajirio Bontarin, which was very close and controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know that he necessarily won that fight, but he won it nonetheless on paper. And most recently, a first-round submission win over Matt Schnell back in May, uh, with Figgy and Moreno set to unify the title in January. That leaves only two fighters to stand above these men. The aforementioned Alexandre Pantoja and Kai Kara France. Um, I'd say right now Pantoja is probably most mm-hmm. likely to get the next shot. Mm-hmm. But he may have to wait, you know, if he wants if he wants to fight again. Uh, because I think the uh, the fourth fight between Figgy and Moreno isn't until like January. So he's yeah. more probably well within his right to wait. But... He might choose to wait or, you know, fight again. We'll see. But either way, with that being said, I do think realistically with a win, one of these guys' next fight will be number one contender matchup. So big fight. That's why Mm -hmm. we decided to pick for this one in the flyweight. John, what is your pick? All right, so I, I, I'm in a, I'm, I'm gonna make my pick, but there's a, a side of this where I know I can be very wrong, mm-hmm. because I, I seen something in Askarov in that fight with Kai Kara where God, I wish I had on the sound boy, lonely heart boy <laughs> pick incoming. Right. No, here's the thing, I seen something in Askarov's game that didn't look right. His ability to get things to the ground and the desperation for it, and to have to kind of accept the striking exchanges is what I felt like lost him. The fight. I mean, Kai Kara did a really good job of getting him off his back and getting in, um, getting out of some bad situations. But I think he did a good job of keeping Askarov in that standing thing, in that standing area. And I think if Askarov hasn't shook that off, he's gonna have a very long night with Brandon Royval. But I do think that if Ask, I think Askarov gets back on track, and I have him winning this by decision because I think, I mean, to only lose to two of the top guys, and I mean, same for Askar Askarov. But that's just how tough Brandon Royval is. So I think. I, I do like Brandon a lot, but I am going to take Askar Askarov by uh, decision, unanimous. 
Yeah, the lonely heart boy in me wants to pick Roy Val really bad here. You can um, join if you want. You're there's, more than welcome. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about the raw dog in yeah. his style, man. Best nickname in the division for sure. Yeah, this dude is all gas, no brakes, mm-hmm. constantly moving forward, has an extremely active guard off his back. Um, he has some very slick jujitsu and sneaky good submissions, which he's always hunting for when he's on his back. Um, but you guys know how bullish I've been on Askar Askarov, and I'm not quite ready to move off of him, you know, just because he's coming off that Kaikara loss. And you can't forget, you said something didn't look right. That was Askar's first fight in like a year and a half. Yeah. He had a long layoff. And this um, is eight months still for him since that It fight. is a long, longer layoff. But I just can't help but think, having suffered his first career loss, he's going to come in here motivated, much improved, ready to go. And I go back, like I had mentioned, watching that Rogerio Bontarine fight for Roy Val, and he just could not keep Bontarine off of him. He spent a lot of that fight off his back. He felt spent a lot of time defending takedowns. And I just think Askarov is much more more efficient with the takedowns and top control than Bontarine. And Toja Subden, too. Yeah, yep. And so um, I'm going to go Askar Askarov for sure here. Roy Val is just so tough. So, and um, unfortunately, Askar is just a decision machine as well. So I'm going to go Askar unanimous decision. That's what I picked. Oh, it is? Sorry. Yep. Um, then I will go... The, majority decision. <laughs> yeah, majority. Decision. Yeah, there's going to be a draw. Uh, no, I will go Askar then... Um, <sighs> Boy, how else does he finish fights? <laughs> I'll go third round submission. Yeah, seven mm. subs and four TKOs. Yeah, I'll go third round submission. It's going to go long. You Roy both Val picked so As- Asgar? Yeah. Yep. Man, you guys are making this enticing for me. It, I'll tell you, if you wanted to go for one, I, I really, like I said, the lonely heart, because I could also see a world where Asgar level changes or goes and comes in. Guillotine, which is what he did to Matt Schnell, kind of. And to Kaikar friends. Yeah. Or a spinning elbow, back fist. Which I mean, he did to Kaikar friends. He's yeah. so good. Let, let me tell you this. Brandon Royval's is 100% takedown accuracy. Yeah. To Askar Askarov's 24%. Oh, my God. Brandon just literally drooled. <laughs> I literally just saw his... 100. <laughs> 100. <laughs> <laughs> One zero zero. Do you mean all of them? He's done all. <laughs> Brandon's Adam's apple just went. <laughs> he does only average point seven takedowns, so it's not a big number. <laughs> He's only done two. Yeah, but, but Askarov. <laughs> it's crazy to think Askarov's only twenty five percent. Yeah, when you, shoot, when you shoot a lot, yeah, yeah. when he's climbing he on people's backs, two point six. I'll be honest, man. Like I was, I'm blown away by Roy. Roy Val is just so good off mm-hmm. his. He's so active too. It I'll just take. I'll take Brandon Roy Val. I'm going to go with first round submission. Okay. Nice. Throwing it out. And we did first round. Wow. That yeah. is ballsy. We didn't update the scores last week, uh, yeah. Brandon, just me and you. But I think I was the only one that scored because we only picked for the main event. And yeah. I was the only one that picked Shao Now. Correct. So what, what's the new scores? Currently in last place, we have John with 56. We have Nate. You've got 65. And I have 72. So weird. I feel like Brandon just gets points every week, even when he doesn't score them. And he is the scorekeeper. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to listen back to this year and fact check. I don't understand it. Marty Bird. Also, Rook. (laughs) Man, John is on it today. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Like, I've been gone. I needed to bring the the fire back. (laughs) I love it. John is in. He is is in it. Um, Real quick, boys. uh, Also want to mention that Daniel Rodriguez was supposed to make a quick turnaround on this card to take on Neil Magny. However, D-Rod announced this past week he will have to withdraw from this fight due to an elbow infection. That fight has now been moved to November 5th, fight night headlined by Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell and Mobzar. John? Evolove. 
Oh, look at John, man. He's growing into this episode. I thought you were going to say envelope again. Look, I went to, I went to Atlanta <laughs> and came back to a different no. guy. Remember, I, he couldn't say that one time. I was like, John, if I would have said envelope, would you just went with it there? Like, Maybe. That's, that's his nickname, right? John's growing. I like it. John, all you needed is a week off. Yeah. That's what yeah. We're going to start giving John more week off. I mean, before this, I mean, I don't think I missed. I think I maybe missed one episode. I like so. it. Brandon, are you ready? Are you ready? Facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I thought this was my segment. With your host, Brandon. That's my point. I know MMA. What I'm saying is it's overhyped. It's overrated. He doesn't give a damn about your feelings. You're reacting on feelings. I'm reacting on facts. Anderson Silva is one of the most overrated fighters of all time. Brandon's world-famous facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. I'm going to take some words from Ben Shapiro here. Facts don't care about your feelings. I thought you were going to remove the uh, Anderson Silva bit there. Never. No, we're going to make you... You're going to have to wear that like a tattoo. It's been way too long <laughs> since we've heard that. I love when we get the, the little facts don't care intro on the podcast. Take it away. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Alex... Mm-hmm. is going to knock out Israel Adesanya inside of three rounds in their title fight. And let me explain to you why. All right. Mm-hmm. Izzy has had a couple of, we'll say, lackluster performances as of late. Mm-hmm. So going into this one, I think I think if you go back and watch his interviews, he's got a little bit of added pressure to perform mm-hmm. because there's been a lot of chirping as to how he's been winning fights lately. And I think when you take that into this one and then you throw in the fact that his opponent is the person who's beaten him twice, knocked him out, uh, um, knocked him out in one of those fights, and then mm-hmm. you look at how Alex's last fight was with Strickland. I mean, it just it, it look if you put it side by side with because it's the same left hand. I mean, a little different, right? It was more of a hook with Strickland, a little mm-hmm. bit of a straight left um, when he knocked out Izzy. But still, I just think that because of that pressure to perform, and because Alex has done it twice now, mm-hmm. we're going to see Izzy kind of get that itch to, to maybe a little be be a little more risky, be a little bit more. Um, exciting, but at the same time, he's going to have to play the game because he he's better than everybody he's fought up to this point in kickboxing, except for this guy. So unless Nate's right and the Izzy's got the wrestling shoes on all the time in the practice room, I think Alex gets this done inside of three. That's where I'm going. Take it away. Um, I mean, on paper, sure, it's a possibility. It's a fight. Um, did you go back and watch their kickboxing fights? Yeah. Okay, so in the in their second fight where Izzy did get knocked out, what was happening before the knockout? It was a pretty good fight. Izzy was laying it on Pajerda. Now, when you talk about what happens with smaller gloves, you don't know. But as much as Alex has been able to hit Izzy, Izzy can very much hit Pajerda. Nobody's been able to really do that yet. Sorry, one more thing to add to this. Um, Alex is a much um, more powerful striker. Than For sure. Izzy, and I think that's But power record. isn't everything. Some of that is speed. Well, in, in I, I think Pajerda, uh, not to undersell, I think Pajerda is... The most powerful striker in the 185 pound division. Mm-hmm. Just throw that out there. Um, and when power lands, it right it, with four ounce gloves and not whatever ounce they're but using. But it's not just power; it's the power and the precision. Yeah, you know the the this, the way that he's knocking guys out too is just filth. Inside of three. Here's the other thing: you hear you heard Alec say, "I don't know what would have happened if I would have kept on keeping up that pace with Strickland." I'm glad I got him out of there because he was finding something out about me. The five round is interesting. Um, which make which makes your three round thing make a little sense, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're going to see Izzy get more reckless and dang. I think you're going to see the opposite. 
I think you're going to see him make Alex chase him for to get to those later rounds before he starts laying on him because that's just the smarter thing to do. Over under, John. Mm-hmm. Win, lose, or draw for this fight mm-hmm. for Izzy. Over under, three and a half takedown attempts from Izzy. Under. He, you don't get out of character. You think he's going to stand with him? Yeah. Do you count like because clinch trips? Anything. Any type of. When we're, yeah, when, Izzy got some good clinch trips. Yeah, when we're getting out of. Dude, real quick, random interjection. So does Leon Edwards. Oh, yeah. You look at that Usman takedown trip real quick, or the takedown from, and then you go back. I forgot about the Nate Diaz one. Yeah. We just complete that little knockout, or like when he kind of flashed, rocked him at the end. You forget about that little trip in there, and then you look at the Usman thing, and you're like, yeah, not so surprising. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but I think with Izzy, you don't want to be in range. So why you don't want to go for a clinch trip, or you don't want to risk shooting. You got to stay out of range, get in, get your shots off. But he, Yoel was supposed to be the power guy that knocked him out. Yoel hit him with the big hand and didn't take him out. Uh, Costa was supposed to be the big guy to knock him out with power. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Polish power was supposed to knock him out. That didn't happen. But he beat him. He did beat him, but I'm saying, but Pajeda's not going to do that, what Jan did to Izzy. He's not that type of fighter. No, he's going to probably hit him with a left hook, and Izzy's going to go Or sleep. he's not. That's what I'm saying. These all guys were supposed to be the ones to do it, and nobody's done it. Well, in Alex MMA. actually had, well, okay. In MMA, but it's different. What's the, what's the difference with MMA, though? Even the stances. What's the difference? When you watch when you watch kickboxers, a lot of them are more straight up so they can check kicks. Those stuff. Izzy doesn't fight like that in MMA. But the, he's more spread out and he uses his distance but the better. Bigger kind of wrinkled MMA is grappling, right? Sure. Which Izzy doesn't use. I think that's what Brandon's saying. If this fight plays out like a kickboxing fight, but Izzy has shown that he has some semblance of grappling before. No. Yes. He no. had in the when? Kelvin Gastelum fight. He had the guillotine and he had the Kimura. I don't remember a Kamora. That's how he swept to get up either. both times. I remember I, a I lackluster triangle attempt in like the last minutes. Either way, you haven't even seen anything after from he got Pajeda. dropped. And if Kelvin's dropping him, but who's done that since? He's a different fighter. You're talking about stuff that's like you know five six years ago or late or like later. I think you're worried. I'm not worried. You it's sound a, worried. No, I'm just telling you. You're putting up. You're giving all this faith to this guy whose best fight has been against Sean Strickland. Well, I mean, are you not including when he beat Izzy twice in MMA? Oh, okay. We keep throwing that in. It's because it's a whole different story. It's John, a whole different can world. Let me tell you something. John's worried because we were at the card no. show yesterday, and this guy offered him a heck of a deal on an Izzy card, low numbered. He's lying. No, and John said, "Yeah, but if he loses, the value's just going to drop on this." <laughs> and that guy was trying to sell John that Izzy's not no, going to lose. It Here's the thing: this is how he's lying. Because as soon as we hit the corner, he looked and was like, "Yeah, dude, he was about to fleece you on that card." <laughs> But this but, guy's trying to tell John, like, no, he's you know, he's trying to convince John. But here's the other thing: <laughs> the biggest difference is you guys, all your favorite fighters, don't even fight anymore or aren't good. I just quit having favorite right. fighters. I'm so confused. I'm the only one who has a, a favorite fighter anymore. So this is easier. Habib, he's retired. He has a fight. Ah, uh, John Jones still active. Really? When's he fought last? He's, he's going. Does to. he have a sign fight? You're letting him deflect. Do you see this? Yeah, that's true. No, I'm just, just telling he you. He immediately sorry. took off. This is easy for you guys because I can't be like, oh, oh, well, Habib doesn't fight anymore. Play, oh, Connor. Oh, well, he doesn't I, fight I played anymore. Into it. John Jones. Oh, he don't fight anymore. Hey, my two guys are coming back. Mm, we'll see. Neither one of them has a signed fight. Just saying. Maybe his fighter is a heavyweight now, so. Maybe it just makes sense not to have a favorite fighter. I mean, if you, it's not fun for a fighter. I have a favorite for probably each division. Yeah, me too. But that's where the lonely heart just. It just gets yeah. it on. It's yeah. called being a real sports fan. <laughs> you guys get you guys are taking the the out like oh well I don't have a favorite fighter so I'm not going to get invested. Well, it's not even fun to watch that way. I here's the thing I don't think you're I, I think it's interesting. I think the biggest thing that everybody could miss from Brandon's facts don't care, which I think is the biggest point or the hottest take is that it's going to happen in under three rounds. 
I think that is a very hot take because I don't think maybe many people um, probably wouldn't be surprised if Pajeda won given the history, mm-hmm. but to do it in under three, three and a half rounds, just with the lack of experience in mix, not just in mixed martial arts, but within the UFC, which is a whole nother monster in itself. Um, and then to do it against one of the guys who generationally either is probably one of the, the greatest generational, generational talents of this era would just be insane. This is literally the best defensive fighter probably in the UFC ever against right. the most aggressive. But I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Alex beating him isn't the hot take in what Brandon is saying. I just want to give him props for, or I guess maybe some hate too. Is he <laughs> saying that he's going to knock out one of the greatest defensive strikers in well, under three and a half? I think that's rounds. the only way he can do it. Because if you get to round four and five, who knows if he has enough gas tank I, to even throw? I think that a lot of consideration should be put into the gloves too. I think that matters. Yeah, but like I said, if you watch that second kickboxing fight, Izzy was like hurting him, dropping him. With, yeah, just with the right hand, and eventually he just overspammed it because it was landing. So, what do you, do you think that Alex just kind of got lucky? No, I, I just think with bigger. So, what do you gloves, think that means that that, that Izzy landed? And but then, to, to say, well, Alex is going to hit him because he's knocked him out. But, Izzy but, can hit him too. But and we asking, haven't seen Alex get hit. And my question is, so what do you think that means that Ale- that Izzy was able to land like that, but then still get knocked out? What does that mean? I mean, Alex still has power, but that means that Alex can still get hit. And you don't know what happens with Izzy hitting with smaller gloves. Because we've seen Izzy put out really big guys with Costa. Mm. With a kick. Co- he didn't knock Costa out with a straight. kick. He oh, hit him in the sorry, head. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, you're come on, straight. man. It was, it was a straight punch. That's Bush League. Wait, what? Are you, you don't even know what you're talking about. Are you sure dude? it wasn't a kick? I think it was come a straight on. I think it was a straight punch. He, no, he, he clipped him across the temple and oh, yeah, he finished barely, him with... It's right. It barely touched Yeah, him and, and then still he, dropped him with yeah. a barely punch. So. Yeah. That's like, when's the last time besides him he dropped anybody? He dropped Whitaker with a straight right in the second round of their last fight. Did he? Yeah, you just don't, don't watch fights, man. These fights are tough to watch, man. To be honest, they're kind of boring. Well, and, and and to be fair, and this is a fair criticism, they're not memorable, right? And there's that aspect of it as well. So I think, and it's crazy because as far as terms of how good he is and how fun he can be, should be as a fighter, a lot of his performances aren't as memorable. He needs to lay off the anime, man. Especially for this one. Mm, no. That's that's that should have been. People just need to get quit being afraid of him. People shell up because they don't want to be a highlight. So they just, I think that's what I go not to get back to where we were at, but I think that is the so the most interesting thing of this fight is Pajeda is not going to be as intimidated as being in front of Israel as all of his other opponents. And that makes it interesting for Izzy, who's a counter striker. I was right. I, I had dinner with Damian last night, and you know from watching his first fights in Peru, he was throwing these highlight crazy kicks yeah. at people. And once people saw him, they're like, "Oh, I don't want to get put out by that." Mm-hmm. So you've seen people shell up, start grabbing him any chance they could because they wanted no parts of being caught in a highlight and i think that's what happened to izzy and i don't i do think alex is going to try to go forward it's just going to be interesting what happens to deal with the feints and the leg kicks that izzy brings before we'll, we'll talk more about that when they actually before fight. we get into the new unless you had one more thing nope, that's it before we get into the news john i think what brandon's really trying to say is is alex pajeda the log in israel adesanya's backyard going on the news He's, he's a lamb at the most. <laughs> if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. All right, fellas. Uh, I'm going to start this off with some fight announcements because we have some really big bangers coming up. Um, we have Shogun getting his, I'm guessing it's going to be his retirement fight mm, for I hope so. a UFC 283. A little backstory on this. He's fighting Ihor Pateria. 
I've never seen this guy before. It's about as good as a guess as I yeah. have. Um, there was talks that of Leota's manager reaching out to the UFC because he's a free agent currently mm-hmm. about possibly getting on that card in Brazil to give show do the trilogy fight for Shogun's last fight and maybe even Machida's, but that didn't end up coming through, which I think would have been really fun. Mm. Um, staying on the possible, this is an actual retirement fight. Frankie Edgar getting booked um, for UFC 281 in Madison Square Garden against Chris Gutierrez. Um, once again, I kind of would have loved to see Frankie get, you know, maybe an older fighter to kind of go out. Gutierrez only has three losses. Um, could be a tough fight for Frankie as he's looked recently, but needless to say, I'm glad he's getting his last fight in Madison Square. He deserves that. Um, also we have Brandon's boy, Paul Craig fighting Johnny Walker at 283 as well. It's Nate's boy. What are you talking about? It's your boy. I love Paul Craig. I feel like you want to face your like paint up your face all the time like that. I mean, though. I wouldn't do that, but nah, still I, I might boy. do it for yeah. And you love those submissions. You love those Kamoras. Sure. Paul, yeah, him versus Johnny Walker is dynamite. Yeah, love that fight. Um, we have, um, which I feel like there's been some uh, back and forth about this Darren Till fight at um, two eighty two. I feel like there's been people who trying to push Bo Nickel into fighting him. I know they both have a fight announced, but I feel like there was something bouncing think, around about. Well, they had like Till. a back and forth on Twitter. Yeah, like, he's fighting. Drukas Duplessis. Am I right? Drukas Duplessis. Not bad, man. I'm on a roll today. Uh, UFC 282. Hopefully, Till can stay uh, healthy. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Davison Figueroa. Hold on quick. That is a tough fight back for. That is not an easy fight for Darren. No, well, but for someone who still thinks he's going to get a title fight, you have to take those fights. Yeah, right? that's just. That is a really tough first fight mm. back. Go ahead. We have uh, Davison Figueroa and Brandon Moreno for uh, happening on that same card in Rio, January 21st. It's a. Uh, they have one draw, and obviously they both got those wins in. Um, I keep on seeing these memes of both of them getting photoshopped as super old, and it's saying, like, Figueredo Moreno 29. Because, yeah. I mean, ho- hopefully we don't have to see this. Hopefully this kind of wraps that up. It's just such a weird move, man, when Pantoja was just sitting right. We just don't have – I mean, I guess we do because they've got to unify the belt. But right. like we talked about back when that fight happened, the Kai and Moreno is like they created this problem, though, by mm-hmm. put, making that – an interim or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I know there was a lot of question marks with why Figueredo was out, but it's just like, it's just so frustrating because that division is so good right there at the top that it didn't, it didn't need this fourth fight right now. So, mm-hmm. um, this is one that kind of snuck up on me. I, I went back and seen it. Um, and it's just one of those things where when I say who this guy's fighting, it's, it's interesting to see that they're in this point in their careers, mm-hmm. but Brian Barbarina and Rafael Dos Anjos, Rafael <laughs> Dos Anjos going back up to welterweight for yeah. this fight. Um, you know, it's already like, Brian always seemed like this guy who was just going to be a middle tier gatekeeper guy. Obviously, he's had some good wins over like veterans, but he just keep, yeah. Honestly, it's here's what I like about Barbarina is like he's like the head of this like veterans league that mm-hmm. li- exists inside the UFC that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he just like he just kind of fights these like veteran guys, and he's and they're I like mean, crazy like, fights. And what his last two wins are like Matt Brown, Brown and yeah. uh, Robbie Lawler, yeah. And it's just like, but he's like it's it's fun though. Like there he's, is a market for it. He's he's playing that that randy orton the legend killer yeah that's what he's kind of looking like but he's end up being the log in a lot of these veterans backyard because they're putting it on him and he's just staying in there and then eventually finishing them yeah um we also have recently out of retirement kevin holland fighting stephen thompson um at ufc orlando i know that there was the weird back and forth of not understanding what's going on with Holland, and it was probably like, give me a good fight, give me a good fight, and they gave him mm-hmm. one. Very winnable for Holland and gives Wonder Boy a chance to fight somebody who isn't going to just completely grapple him like Shavkat would have. So, Also, 
the wrestling that we've saw out of Connor recently, you don't think he takes Steven Boy Wonder down? Are we back to this? Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't think he could get to a clinch position and inside trip? Steven Boy like Wonder that. is probably a way Do I think he name. could? Yeah. Do I think he would do it? No. Absolutely not. Okay, Brandon. Okay. Biggest fight announcement we have, as I just mentioned the guy earlier, Jeff Neal fighting Shafkat Rachmanov at UFC Vegas <laughs> 76 and January 14th. Uh, man. Yeah. Who should have led with who that? Did Jeff one? just beat. He just beat. Um, he just beat somebody. Okay. Yeah, That's he right. finished him. And, and first, first yeah, uppercut man, him. Yeah, first person to defeat Luke. Finish him. Finish him. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of coming into that Neil Magny range uh, to take this oh, fight. No, I'm saying like it's the oh, the fight. The guy who wants okay. to fight everybody. So he's levels. No, up. yeah, but I think that you know, like we said last time, we talked about this. Nobody wants to fight Rachmanov. Yeah, this is uh, it's, this is a. I mean, I don't want to say it's a number one contender match necessarily, but mm. man, it's, it's a huge fight for for both. It's but a very for Rachmanov. That's a really big name oh, for him, dude. If he beats, yeah, if Shavkat wins that fight, I mean, he could be looking at like a Colby next or somebody like really like number one, like Gilbert or somebody. I mean, it's going to be massive mm -hmm. for him. Right, and, uh, I mean, and it'd be in the same respect. It'd be huge for Jeff Neal to try to get himself back to right. title contention as well. That's a big name to take out. <laughs> it's um, massive. The other fight announcement I have is actually boxing, but a recently retired Uriah Hall set to box Le Le'Veon Bell on the undercard of the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight. Um, Le'Veon Bell last fight, obviously putting out Adrian Peterson like yeah, that cold. Was bad. Um, and then Uriah Hall, obviously a decorated striker. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it's only four rounds, but it is a professional fight. It's not who's, an exhibition. Who's Le'Veon Bell? A uh, former running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, also a rapper. Didn't he play for the Dolphins it, or Jets or he something? He played for the Buccaneers. He knocked out another person? Yeah, Adrian Peterson, another running back. Former Minnesota Vikings. So two football players, and he knocked the other one out? Yeah. yeah. Like, But it was like he was... I mean, he looked like a very legit yeah. boxer. It was like, a cl clean knockout. Mm. Yeah, like it wasn't like too sloppy. You know, it yeah, was he like, he had head movement, ducked under, yeah. and just threw a huge hook. Created Ugh. the angle for it. And Uriah Hall obviously has looked a little bit shaky um, in some fights when people get in his face. I don't know how he looks as a boxer because yeah. he's more known for his kicks. Yeah. But, I mean, as decorated as he is, I think he does have a really good chance there. I will say they are making some fun fights for that Paul yeah. Anderson card. I mean, at this point... At least if nothing else, it gives some buying value to it. Right. And I'm just to, I'm throwing this out there because I don't know a lot about it, uh, the other guy. But I, I don't know if you've seen, but Floyd has talked about wanting to box that YouTuber, like Neji or something. Oh, Deji. Deji, yeah. Who's won one out of like four boxing. Yeah. He's like one in four. Yeah, if you want to talk about somebody who's just like fleecing people for their money. Just makes no that sense. Guy could, Floyd Mayweather could be very well be arrested. Like how, maybe, for, maybe you box KSI who's like undefeated or right. something like that. Like nah. That's Deji's brother. Like, right. Um, we do have a, a last night, Alistair Overeem. Uh, got a decision win over... Heard it was a comeback. Yeah. Uh, he had a knockdown late to take the decision. Oh, I thought he won by knockout. No, he oh, won by okay. decision. Um, Batter Hari? Yeah, I don't know. Batter Hari, I think. It's a trilogy fight that Hari, dude, is was like the like a top kickboxer and has been for a long time. Mm -hmm. And him and Overeem have um, fought before that. There was a lot of bad blood before that, but it seemed like they kind of squashed it out. But good for Overeem to kind of find a new new stage, a new level in his career going back to kickboxing. Yeah. Um, interesting comment from Patricky Pitbull saying that he doesn't believe that Uzman Nurmagomedov deserves a title fight and he's only getting it because of his name being Habib, which I think is just crazy when you look at his performances and the way he fights. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because that's probably a fight that could happen later. Who said that? Um, Patricky Pitbull, the champ. the champ. 
he said that Usman doesn't deserve his title shot that he's getting in Chicago with our boy Sean Fallon fighting on it mm. and Corey Anderson. Um, I also have, well, just to get into this, um, there was a tweet saying that Hazmat, Hazmat, Hamzat <laughs> Chamayev passport has been seized by Russian Didn't government. Didn't he call you uh, rookie league or something like that earlier? Bush league. Bush, Bush league. league. But Hazmat, hazmat's about as bush league as you can get nah, when i'm talking to somebody at work and they're you know ufc fan and they say hazmat i instantly know what i'm dealing with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just just so you know nah. <laughs> either way chamayev passport has been they said it was seized by russian government then his management comes out saying that no that's not true he's in russia they're not going to have any problems now it feels like it's kind of switched to well there shouldn't be problems yeah this could be very bad news for somebody who was already in some hot water. So essentially what they're saying, what it sounds like is Putin has now put a hold on people's passports because he's maybe last week or is going to do a draft. He's been doing a draft mm -hmm. for the war, the uh, war with Ukraine or whatever. I don't know if you'd call it a war or an, what do they call it? An incident or whatever. Mm -hmm. Conflict. Conflict. There you go. Uh, so yeah. So apparently he's drafting people now. Hamzat, the word is that he landed in Russia. They seized his passport, and um, they're not going to let him leave. <laughs> but, yeah, at first everybody was like, oh, he's he's good. It's no, no nothing to see here. And now it's like, well, he should be able to leave in two weeks and because he wanted to go see his parents, and then go, mm -hmm. but he wants to go back to Sweden, obviously, to start training. Right. It's going to be very interesting. Well, you have, like, Islam's team who's moved since, you know, some of this yeah. stuff has happened. Um, recently, yeah, Usyk in boxing had to leave the front line yeah. on the Ukraine side. Sure. Lomachenko is coming back, so you're seeing some athletes struggle with this conflict that they right. have over there. So I this mean, it is it is hazmat, so you know you never know. Right. <laughs> He's gonna have to change his name to that so he can sneak out of the country. I was but, trying to help well, him. Well, I mean, it it is he is one of the biggest names in mixed martial arts. So not to say that you know they can't work something out or make an exception, I'm, but I'm hopeful because he's a big enough name, he'll be all right. Um, but you could almost see it the other way, where like we're gonna make an example. You know, yeah. Putin might mm -hmm. be like you know. We want him as our our knight out there. People well, because it would create a big storyline right. in America. Like what part? Well. Chechnya, right? That's Chechnya. It's like a province. I don't want to get too into it, but there's obviously some areas within like Chechnya and parts of Russia that are very against the war, like Dagestan, for instance. Very, a lot of Dagestan's very against mm -hmm. the war, and you see a lot of that within the city. I just, I just think that it, it makes, it would make some sense for them to let him go, um, just because of the name and because of that. But you don't think it makes sense to keep him as well, and then make it a big storyline here in America? No. Where it seems like a lot of media is just kind of given up on that in general. I was trying to not get political, but no, because of the way the conflict is going for Russia and because Putin is getting so desperate, I think. That might be Putin putting his foot down like, all right, well, no, everybody has to yeah. stay, though. When you're desperate, you get to grasping at straws. I don't No, I just don't think it's going to work. I Even the draft I, is not, a, I don't think, a great move for him because of how much opposition he's getting from within his yeah. own country. I don't think he expected that. Um, so no, I, I think that, I know, hope, I mean, I hope obviously things work out Sure. yeah, for sure. You know, he's a way better part of the, he's him being in the UFC is a huge, yeah, you want to see him. It's a huge pick. The Chechnya Russia thing is weird though, just cause they've kind of been so back and forth over the years. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I only have a couple more things. Um, this was, I, I had the bone nickel stuff and I had something to go with it, but since we talked about it before, Phil Hawes has came forward and said that he wants a piece of bone nickel. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he's got a fight book though. Yeah. Cause he well, was one I was going to throw in last week when I did some potential opponents, but he's got one book. So. Right. But I think that when it comes to like what could be next for him after Pickett, it depends, man. Yeah. It depends on what they do, but I, that would be a fight. I think would be an, an interesting, I think it depends how he looks. Cause right. If he, if he just runs through Jamie Pickett, I think he's going to be 
yeah. right in the top 15, possibly even, like I said, they might move him into a top 10 opponent. Yeah. So, uh, so that's just interesting because nobody else is really, I mean, there's, you have like Costa, I think has been, I think he just calls out anybody who yeah. says anything at 85, <laughs> yeah. even though he's a 205er. But last thing I have is actually kind of like a facts don't care about your feelings for Brandon from a guy named Brendan uh, Schaub. He said, <laughs> Prime Tim Sylvia could give Francis oh, Ngannou and Surreal Gone some problems. I saw Quote, this. to me, Tim Sylvia has one of the most scariest guys to ever compete in the UFC. Six foot seven, good footwork, even Tim Sylvia now. If you think about the champion in the UFC now and Francis, or if you think about Surreal Gone, I mean, I would put Prime Tim Sylvia against them anytime. Ridiculous wrestling. You couldn't take him down. He's a monster. I was watching his highlights the other day like a weirdo, and I was like, this guy in his prime could compete right now. You look at the champs now, man, Tim Sylvia could could give them some problems. He was a savage. I think Brendan Schaub's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, Tim Sylvia is a legend. I just, I still think he's an idiot. Like he probably didn't even write that. Somebody probably gave it to him and then he posted it. <laughs> well, just imagine like somebody else probably watched the highlights. I mean, dude. imagine his career and then being like, yeah, Tim Sylvia is really good. Tim, he was though. Like, I mean, I, I it's don't, just weird to think of who he is fighting too. I mean, you're fighting Orlovsky every other month. Yeah, but I mean, he he was very good and he was very legit at one time. You know, I don't. And so he was Ray Mercer, massive. baby. He was massive. Yeah, he was a big six dude. seven, and yeah. I mean, he was probably his reach was he was insane. probably two sixty five for sure. <laughs> yeah, you just remember when he like broke his arm and just like oh. it was just like hanging there. Like, I mean, he, but he was just a freak, man. I I don't know if I'd go as far as I don't know, man. I'd have to think more about that, honestly. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. I just feel like he doesn't have. I don't know what part of his skill set is sticking. I'd have to go back and like yeah. watch him in his prime. And Maybe him good. watching his whole highlight tape gave him his. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He. Probably, <laughs> Which is like a wild thing because I've never YouTube Tim. Sylvia I feel like highlights. If you could, if you could, I feel like if you could go back and watch, you could go back and watch Josh Barnett highlights, and then if you're only watching yeah. highlights of somebody, That's a good point. Oh, I could see Josh Barnett really in giving his prime, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, in his prime, that catch wrestling, strike force, some weird inverted toe hold. I just could see it. That's like, a good point. You yeah. could, Shab's an idiot. Do you think if you were like heavyweight size, you could beat Brendan Shab in a fight? Absolutely. <laughs> I just was just wondering. I know Jacob thinks he can. Song of the week, Brandon, for episode one hundred. <sighs> no pressure. Of, this is, there is. I didn't consider the one hundred component. Umba. Uh, <laughs> Umba. Handsome mm. bros. Hmm. If you were to pick, what about what about like uh, we are the champions, Queen? Oh, I love it. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. We'll go with it. I love it. We are the champions, Queen. John, what is your one for the people? Oh, my one for the people is just a little bit to go on my trip. When I was gone, I went to Atlanta. Okay. I got to go to the aquarium and see a whale shark, which is the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life that's living. Uh, it was amazing. Went to the world of Coca-Cola and tried drinks from around the world. That was interesting. Went to a Braves game. We won. We won the next night. Ended up sweeping. Really good food. What position uh, did you play? I played um, <laughs> right center or right side uh, fan. I love that. Um, right side fan. But, yeah, I, I – I, <laughs> Atlanta's probably my favorite place I've ever visited up to this point, so I definitely would go back and would highly encourage people to go. John's like one of the people that takes, you know, when they talk about in football, the 12th man, he takes that role serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Brandon doesn't know what that means. Nope. Um, Werewolf by <laughs> Night. Too many people on the field. Watch, watch that. What? Uh, this morning, Werewolf by Night. It's a little Marvel special. Okay. Um, it's pretty cool. It's like a, it's shot like a 40s, 30s horror film, but it's got a Marvel spin on it. It's like 15 minutes. It's really good. Okay. Um, and we went to like this, I don't know if you guys are into like fall stuff, but we went to this uh, hillside acres in Lafayette and then never been yesterday. It was the first time. It was actually really cool. 
Um, it's this big farm. They have a bunch of stuff there for like families to go do stuff. And um, never heard of it. Did you get yeah. your face painted? I did not, but um, they got like food, popcorn, like activities and things like that. What was the best thing you ate? It's corn mazes. Uh, the best thing I ate. They had this uh, walking taco there that was pretty good. They, <laughs> I didn't recognize any of the ingredients. Like it must have been stuff they squash. made themselves. I don't think there was squash in it. I would just love now to go to like a thing like that where they're doing like free face painting for the kids and like have Brandon sit down and just pull up a picture of Paul Craig. I want this. <laughs> Half. Yeah. Or like Kutalabe. Can you yeah. do this? It's just all green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that would be phenomenal. Leave the beard. Oh, my one for the people. Man, There, there's actually a lot this week I could go with. Um, I guess I just will reiterate what I said at the top. Just continue to thank everybody for the support. Continue to support. I think now more than ever, you know, it's, uh, it's more important. Um, we're going to continue to I mean, we were just talking yesterday, like there's still so many things that we can do better and we're still trying. Uh, one thing we'll never do is get complacent um, and we're always going to try new things. So if, if, if you're listening and there's something that you think you would want to hear that we could do different, just let us know. Um, Brandon. Oh yeah. How about the Brandon hate? So I go to, a, so I go, mm-hmm. we all three graduated <laughs> from the same high school. Mm-hmm. So Friday night I go, I go to <laughs> okay. a football game. Like a good alum would. Like a good alumni would. I maybe go to like one every couple of years mm. to a high school football game, our high school that we graduated from. And this guy like finds it weird. Yeah. That's such a weird thing to do. He texts his first text is, do you know somebody on the team? Yeah, that would make no? sense. Like, you know, a cousin or somebody that's playing Dude, going to you, support him. But Okay. So what's weird about it? You're just, you're an, a, you're a 30 year old man going to a high school football game with nobody on the field that you're there to support just to watch the high schoolers play football. That's just do weird ever, to me. Do you ever watch college football? It's the same thing. Do you know anybody on the Eagles? Weirdo. Yeah. So first of all, college is, it's on national TV. Everybody watches college. Deflect. Football. How many high school football? Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. I'm back. Look at John. How many high school football games are aired on national TV? All the time. Local how TV, many? yeah. How many um, How many Kokomo they, games? They usually do, well. Fast play sports, all of them. Yeah, that's true. You can watch them on stream the internet. It's a national TV. I don't, you can do. watch that anywhere. I could be in Florida and pull up that stream. They are on They are on ESPN. They usually do one high school game a week. Mm, yeah, I don't, I, that's just a weird thing to do, man. I don't, I don't get it. I find it to be extremely normal. Like, if you've got kids there or family. You, okay, let me ask this. Do you think that everybody in the stands at a Kokomo basketball game or football game have family members playing? No, because there's a bunch of weirdos like Nate in there. Would you go to a, a Kokomo High School wrestling meet? Just as a fan? Yeah, just to go watch, see how the team is. Nope, probably not. I would go, like, if if um, I find, like, one of the coaches, like, if Wells was still coaching or, like, Mike Miller or, like, if... You know, but Kier the coaches aren't playing, so why are you watching them coach? I mean, that's I, weird. But that's that's Wait, real. Oh, no, weird. no, he's there to support. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Good try though. No, no, no I'm no. I'm countering you. Yeah. Like, that, you're watching somebody coach? That's yeah. way weirder than what's watching. What's wrong people with being play. there to support I'm not even there to watch them coach? But what's wrong with being there to support young adults in our community who are actually at a time where our young adults are probably Cause you the most s- here's the other thing you said you, you like it's as an alum, as a good alum would. You don't but you were like trashing your your own reunion. My own reunion, like your own, like your high school reunion. Oh, yeah, like you guys just, don't go to, like you guys think those well, are. I only had, support the school. I just support people. One. What? Going to the games puts money into the schools. Like it put back into the sports. Kids need to be. We, kids need to be more active. You can't tell me I'm wrong there. You don't even want me to go down that road. You don't think kids should be more active? <laughs> Do I think the money should be put towards the sports arena that's been redone every three years? So kids will play sports, yeah. No, that money should probably go towards their education, which already is a business. You abysmal. can't get paid off education don't, anymore. I'm telling you hey, right now. You, you make your money make off sports. I'm just here to support the young adults that are actually doing something 
they're choosing to be a part of something in 2022, and I think it's probably the hardest thing for them to do for some reason. Do you go watch wrestling meets? I no. never wrestled. I played yeah. football though. No, I mean, I, yeah. Did you play like one season? Yeah, I would. I would go. Well, watch not my one. life. I played more in my, throughout my life. You guys do jujitsu and you follow MMA yeah, very I would, close. I I don't. Yeah. And we go. I would. To, we've gone to jujitsu matches. I mean, sure. I usually, Which I usually go to a basketball game every year too. Try to. I I. You should go to a wrestling meet. I'll go to a wrestling meet with you guys. Yeah. The a wall. tournament. Let's go to a tournament. We'll all go and be Sit weird. Sit there for seven yeah. hours. We'll all go be weird together. Yeah. <laughs> go to a tournament. Yeah, because I don't have five hours. To go try seven. <laughs> okay, try yeah. Seven. <laughs> That's all we got. Come back next Monday, boys. UFC 280. Uh-huh, it uh-huh. is time. It is here, and we will and be Sean there. And Sean Fallon coming and up, Sean baby. Fallon, but we will be here to talk about it all. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, peace. peace. 101, baby.